Welcome back to the Ideas Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our last episode on gender. In the light of Black History Month, the following episode is a panel discussion done by six biracial students. Hope you enjoy. My name is Daniel Lazar, and I am proud to be one of the faculty co-advisors for the Kennedy School's new Ideas Club. The club, the Ideas Club, Ideas is an acronym for inclusion, diversity, empathy, and awareness. The, the club itself was born of the proposition that in our times, in our times of crises, in our age of anxiety, when our democracies are fragile, when intolerance is increasingly tolerated, that we have to intensify our efforts to create a safe but a challenging space to discuss ideas about diversity and to celebrate diversity. Uh, today's panel discussion, which was proposed and organized by our very own panelist one and panelist three, uh, support this mission. And in the spirit of Black History Month, we're going to grapple in front of you and with you a little bit today um, uh, with the experience of being biracial at the Kennedy School and being biracial in, in Berlin. Uh, we have no real agenda here, I should say, other than to do our best to try to shed some light in whatever time we have to try to elucidate through storytelling. Uh, we also want to cater to your questions, so about 20 minutes into our short time together, we're going to open up the floor to questions. We'll invite you to the microphone, and if you have a question for any or all of the pa panelists, um, you're going to be welcome to ask. And so uh, please listen uh, carefully and with empathy and curiosity and, and have the courage to ask questions. Uh, we'll be counting on you to do so. Um, so with all of that in mind, um, and without further ado, just to get the ball rolling, can each panelist here in turn talk a little bit about your experiences being biracial at the Kennedy School? And if we could start with the first panelist, one of the chief organizers of today's event. Uh, okay, so my experiences as a biracial person at JFK began in 2008, so I have been here for a while, and I am happy to report that it's been generally fine. There haven't been any outstanding incidents at JFK involving racism or discrimination as far as my skin color is concerned, at least none that I know of. Um, but I do know that there is definitely some awkwardness involved, for lack of a better word. Uh, it's easy when looking at pictures with myself and my classmates to notice that there is a distinct difference and there's a degree of not fitting in that comes with it. And while I personally haven't been targeted by any racial profiling or discrimination at JFK. I do know that I had a teacher who had a tendency to make jokes based off of stereotypes of other races. And there was a fairly generalized feeling within our class of uncertainty about whether it was truly just jokes 
which still isn't necessarily okay, or if there was actually some undercurrent of racism behind those, which raised a few hairs, uh, not just with my classmates, but also at least my mom and maybe some other parents who heard stories. Um, I agree. Wow. Um, my experience has been pretty neutral. There was like an incident in elementary school um, where this kid in my class said that he hated black people. And I mean, of course, he probably didn't know what he was talking about, but that was like an incident with like the principals and stuff. But I didn't really know what was going on either. Um, but yeah, I can definitely also like agree with the awkwardness. I feel like talking about slavery or discrimination in like U.S. history or any other history class, either people try to like avoid looking at me or they look at me. <laughs> and like when referring to black people or something, like sometimes they will like motion towards me or something because I'll be usually the only person of color in that class. But um, yeah, my experience has otherwise been pretty neutral, pretty fine. Um, um, my experience has actually been pretty positive most of the time. There was that incident in elementary school. I was actually part of that incident. Um, and that sort of was a shock uh, for me and my family. But since then, nothing really happened ever again. There, of course, the um, you know the stereotypical jokes on the sidelines sometimes. But from the student body or from the teachers, there's been nothing bad said towards me or of my um, knowledge behind my back. And as I, I totally agree with them, I don't say it's awkwardness, but it's you stand out being. Uh, African-American, biracial, or however. Like, I just counted really quickly five, six black or biracial African-American people in this room out of 130 kids. That's a small amount. And it you, it's noticeable. And it's not bad, but you do stand out. And I notice that. I'm proud of that. But it's just something that one has to deal with. But it's not bad. So my experiences have been pretty positive overall. Um, for instance, in history, though, when we're going over like slavery or just generally black history, I get this look from my teachers like they need permission from me to start talking about it. So it's very awkward during that time. But otherwise, my experiences are positive. Um, yeah, uh, my experiences have also been generally positive. I've had some incidences, I think my last one was like 10th grade, there was some stuff with jokes that kind of went too far, but since then I've had no real problems and I've never had anything physical or anything about my race uh, within uh, JFKS at least. Um, but yeah, I've had a pretty good time here. Yeah, just like the others, I have not felt any discrimination so far and um, my peers treat me pretty equally, pretty fairly. I mean, there's n not really a difference between that. But one thing, like the others mentioned, is that being um, feeling out as if you are the only black person sometimes. I mean, it kind of can sound outrageous, but like I came here two and a half years ago to in ninth grade from from Nigeria, and that switch was pretty pretty not extreme for me, but it was kind of disappointing because I came to 
my homeroom class where I was the only biracial or black girl in that or person in that class. So um, I've got I've gotten used to it, but I mean, so far I've not felt any discrimination towards me. Um, yeah. So. So I, I, first of all, I have to say I'm I'm heartened to learn that every single one of you has, at the very least, not had a terrible experience. Um, it's good to know. I wasn't sure, you know, where your narratives were going to lead us, but it leads us in, in um, not, it doesn't lead us down a particularly uh, challenging path in some way. A couple of you made mention of uh, jokes that made you feel uncomfortable or insecure or offended you maybe in some way. Can you, can any one of you please talk a little bit about um, the, 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 the complicated role that humor plays in your experiences here? So personally, I don't take it as seriously. I mean, like, it would be hypocritical of me to say that I'm, I feel offended by these jokes that are being made, these racist, stereotypical jokes, because I take part in them or I laugh along. I mean, sometimes it can get annoying or you've, for me, I've heard like literally every racist black joke in the book, so it's like, I mean, it's just kind of, it's not really, I don't take it as offensive. Um, so, I mean, there are jokes that go on, um, free, not frequently, but sometimes. So, um, also one, yeah. Yeah, um, for me, uh, jokes are fine. I mean, I'm, I also, I feel like I've also made jokes that have offended people. Um, and so I don't feel it's right for me to be too offended from any kind of joke. My only problem with those kind of jokes is that they can lead to uh, thinking that uh, yeah, just discrim a discriminatory mindset uh, that I personally don't appreciate. So I've had jokes made actually that I'm too white because I'm biracial, so that's kind of weird to hear. Usually I think it's the other way around, but I've, took, I've taken part in them, like a stereotype is I go to Starbucks a lot and I hear a lot, oh, you're white for that. So I take part in them, but hearing them again and again, it does get very annoying and frustrating. Yeah, I mean, jokes are jokes. If they go too far, they go too far. I don't have a problem with most of the jokes. Sometimes they get on your nerves. I also have the experience with the being too white because I play tennis and I don't wear jogging pants or Jordans. Literally, that's what people said to me. Um, I mean, after a while, it gets sort of nerve-wracking. If I'm like on the eye of anybody, I'm biracial, I'm black. You can't be like, oh, uh, he, he's not wearing Jordans, he's not black. You know, people are um, very conformed to the stereotype, which I don't think is right. But I mean, as long as it doesn't go too far, and I let's, don't really let's, care. let's pick up there. I'm almost desperately curious if you guys can help me and to help your classmates draw that line. You know, what, what is too far? Especially in, in the age in which we live where I, I think there's a real slippery slope, and there's obviously very nefarious agents of intolerance that are rising up in all pockets of life, in the media, in politics, and on and on. So can anyone, can anyone or, of you give us some sense of where we should imagine that line should be drawn? Well, I would say that the line should... If you know the person well, and you know that that person 
is making jokes and doesn't mean it like seriously that seriously then it's okay if it's somebody that you don't know making jokes or stereotypical comments that's not okay and if your friend or the person you know that doesn't mean it seriously keeps on going with these jokes or comments to a point where you think to yourself hey hold on are you really do you really know what you're saying right there then for sure that is too far yeah um well i would agree with that and i would just like basically say even if you know the person like using the n-word is never okay like even if you're friends with the person just don't use the word um or like making references to like like typically known racist like stereotypes don't do it but yeah so it was mentioned earlier that context matters a lot which i agree with if you're hanging out with your friends, you know them, you know what their beliefs are, and they make some kind of joke that isn't particularly extreme, but is based off of reality or history, then okay, depending on the context, that can slide. I think there's a line that needs to be drawn by how often these jokes are made. Like earlier, people were mentioning jokes about them being too white. And I feel like especially those jokes, if taken too far, can also help contribute to a feeling of not quite knowing who you associate with or where you fit in, which is also certainly not positive and definitely a negative because it leads to isolation, which is a problem that I think is also very particular to biracial people as opposed to people who are just black or white or like some other race but not mixed whereas a lot of times jokes in that vein just lead to isolation so i don't want to dwell on the role of humor too much but i i do have one rather pointed question and if we could just get you know maybe one or two or three responses to this i want you guys to respond to this proposition uh, since we all have different lines since we all have different tastes, since we all have different uh, sensibilities, since we all have different experiences, should we just uh, recuse ourselves from race-based humor altogether? Should we just avoid these jokes because we don't know where each other's lines are? Or is that some form of censorship or self-censorship that we should not? I mean. I, I truly am vexed by this, and I would, I, I would be very grateful if you guys f um, could respond to that proposition. Again, the proposition is we should just avoid using race, ethnicity, religious-based humor because we don't know where the other person stands. Um, that would be utopic, I think. There will always be people that will make those kinds of dark humor jokes, and... I mean, you can't change it. You can change it yourself, but you can't change how somebody in, I don't know, Kansas um, thinks about these jokes or something like that. So it would be great, but I don't think it'll happen. All you can do is try and censor yourself. But too much censorship then also isn't good. Um, my thought on these jokes is that they are Ba the thing that offends us most of the time is that they are based in reality. 
Um, and I have the feeling that censoring all of these jokes is also kind of hiding the issue or avoiding it. And these jokes do at least bring it to the surface and can, in few cases, lead to some sort of discussion uh, on that subject. I don't think you can completely eradicate the use of jokes like this, but what matters for me is your intent. If it's a malicious intent, you're making these comments because out, of, out of hate or out of just being naive or joking. So I think that is also a factor that adds to that as well. So I think a, a bunch of us are you know, really trying to grapple and re-grapple with these issues, teachers and administrators and students alike. I wonder if you guys could give some insight into whether you think there's anything the Kennedy School can do, what your teachers can do, what your classmates to do, what your administrators can do to, to maximize the potential of the racial diversity that we have. I will, I will go on record as saying that I, though, though I'm happy to hear and I'm heartened to hear that you guys have not had terrible experiences, I hardly think that we've done everything we can to maximize the potential of the diversity of our student body. So I would love to hear a couple of voices talk about what you think your teachers, your administrators, and if appropriate, your classmates could do better. Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, one of my teachers had a tendency to make jokes based off of race. It wasn't um, like African-American people or colored people, but it was race-based. And I know that I felt, and I think some of my classmates also felt unsure about what to do about it at the time. We were in a younger grade, I think it was eighth. And while I did tell my mom about it, I'm not 100% sure what she did. And I feel that the school maybe should have or should allow for a better way for especially younger kids who may not be entirely sure to maybe bring this up with someone and talk about it just to get maybe an adult adult point of view, if not necessarily action. Well, what one thing that I think the administration could do is hire more diverse teachers um, because it can be pretty hard to like relate to other people like, I don't know, when the teacher is white, I don't know. I feel like it would maybe be easier for the students that might get like weird looks or feel like the tension in the classroom if the teacher could maybe also like, I don't know, maybe do a better job of like relieving the tension. Cause I feel like teachers very often just like either don't notice it or they just leave it alone because they think they can't change anything. Yeah, especially to that last point, relieving the tension. Um, what I see or what I've noticed when the topic of race has um, risen up in our classes, um, like that the teachers, wie man so schön auf Deutsch sagt, haben um den heißen Brei geredet und sind nicht gleich zum Punkt gekommen. And I think teachers, um, also students, just everybody should get to the point, not talk around it, not notice it, just talk about it because most of the times things that are unspoken won't get resolved or won't like, it won't change anything. You have to resolve the issue or just talk about it. And I also agree that we should have a more uh, diverse um, teacher, faculty body. Uh, I've noticed 
for example, because we're talking about African-American black people, biracial people, I've noticed I think two or three black teachers at our school, um, or four, yeah, in Skazamt, which is not a lot of a faculty of, I think, more than 50 people. So if we could maybe do something about that, just so people can relate better to the people. It doesn't only have to be black people, it can also be, I don't know, people from Middle East, just any teacher that is, um, any type of teacher that is different from our Northwestern European uh, American uh, lifestyle and just, yeah. So I feel like we could talk a lot, or the teachers could talk a lot more about black history, incorporate it more to the curriculum. And I know we have a lot in the curriculum already, but in the six years that I've been here, I've barely learned anything about it. I've only learned about it through my parents. So there are a bunch of kids in my class that are just not educated on anything that has to do with the black history and what happened in America, stuff like that. So if I could briefly, and then Sasha, I want to give you a chance to respond. If any of you have questions, I want to seize this moment to ask you guys to maybe just line up in the back. I want to get a sense for who does have questions, um, and I want to give all of those who do have questions the opportunity to ask them. And um, I think you're realizing this is a very open-minded, open-hearted panel, so uh, please don't be reticent at all. So any questions, students or teachers for that matter, um, if you could line up um, and then um, in the next couple of minutes, and then we'll sort of uh, wrap up this part of our afternoon appropriately. So with that said, what you were gonna say? Panelist five. Um, yeah, I was just gonna, uh, well first, I agree uh, that there should be a lot more black history taught at the school because I've, I've also had to kind of seek uh, that kind of information by myself in my free time. But um, also to more diverse teachers, uh, it's also important because teachers are, can also serve as a role model and having only white role models uh, present as a half white, half black person, uh, it does also affect you. So yeah, basically I would pretty much agree with all of them. Um, the implementation of di more diverse teachers, I think like he, like you already said, um, the fact that while growing up, student, it's, teachers are so important to a student's life and can reflect on their own opinion. And so I think that's also very refreshing for students to have some type of diversity amongst the teachers as well. Um, uh, for my part, I, I, I have two more questions for you guys, and we're starting to see people line up, so that's great. Um, one is, I, I, I don't want to dwell too much on the negative. I think you guys have such a gift uh, just by being biracial. Uh, I'm, frankly, I'm, 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 I'm almost envious, and I wonder if you guys could talk, if maybe just you know one or two or three of you could give some insight into the positive sides of having this kind of really cool life experience and the different perspectives that you guys have? Um, so I think what's cool about you know being biracial is the two different perspectives that you can gain. Or for example, for me, I have two, stem from two completely different cultures. And you kind of have that from both sides. And what I wonder sometimes is how it is for a person in Berlin or in Germany being fully black rather than like half German or half white because I still naturally feel more integrated because I still have that white side to me or that German cultural side to me. So yeah, that's what I wonder sometimes. I mean, it, it's completely different being biracial and fully black, not just, yeah. So. 
Uh, yeah, to that multiple perspective thing, it's. I, I think it's very interesting. I, I don't honestly know how you would look at something with just one perspective of being just black or just white, because for me, every issue, especially race ones, always evokes two kinds of reactions, because I'm trying to see the issue from both perspectives and from because I have seen into both worlds, so to say. So on one hand, I think it's great to be biracial because, like I said, I have one white parent and one black, so I can relate to both, sort of, on, from both sides. But on the other hand, it's kind of hard because neither of my parents knows what it's like to be biracial, so us three kids in the family were the only ones biracial, so it's hard to relate. I, I have one last question. I'd like each of you to respond to it, and then we're going to turn the mic over to your classmates. Um, can each of you, in turn, just offer one thing, one little snippet, maybe starting with panelist one, because they're handing the microphone over to you anyway. Um, what is, if there was like one thing you would want your classmates to know about what it's like to be biracial, what is that one thing? No matter how much you treat me the same way you treat anyone, I still feel like I stand out. Um, I feel like being biracial in Berlin can be can have as its ups and downs. For example, I feel like the ups would be I don't know for having the two different perspectives and I guess um, being able to relate sort of to two different um, races, I guess. But the downs can be like, for example, when people ask you where you're from and you say Berlin and they ask you, no, where are you really from? And they mean like Africa or something. And it's Berlin, so. Um, um, I think it's beautiful being part of two different cultures, two different races, if you want to call them that. Um, it's just wonderful being a person of so many things. But it's also hard. But yeah, it's great. So for me in Berlin personally, I get I get from a lot of people that they think I'm Middle Eastern. They don't assume that I could be uh, biracial. So they're like, oh, you're from Turkey. So it's harder. I think with Berlin having a lot of different um, different races, but black is not or biracial isn't always the biggest one. It's harder. Um, something important for me is that. I'm not black <laughs> and I'm not white and I don't I can't relate completely to either side and any discrimination I face for being black or whatever is kind of like racism light. I don't I don't get the full brunt force of it most of the time. Yeah, so I mean basically I don't have my own like different individual answer but it's just also kind of Growing up, for example, it was pretty confusing and not being able to know where you fit in because our society is so strictly based on one group. So you're, as a child, or even now, you're like, oh, do I fit with the white people or am I with the black people, you know? So that's still pretty confusing, but as time goes on, like, I've learned to embrace it, so, yeah. Okay, guys, so we have about 10 minutes. It looks like we have five questioners. Don't feel obliged, you know, you don't all have to answer each of the questions. Um, for you guys, just a friendly reminder that if you can not address anyone by name, uh, you can point at them or call them, or call them one through six. Um, 
Cece, why don't you go ahead and ask the first question? Hi, one through six. Um, so through the lens of through the lens of history, given Berlin's past of discrimination, to put it lightly, um, do you guys ever feel like discriminated against, not just because um, of your color, but through like this lens of Germany's past by living in a German society? Um, for me, I don't feel that really applies. I, I am quite interested in history, but I also am very much aware that Germany, more than most any other Western country, has attempted to deal with that past and try and cope with it and move on, if you will. Uh, so I don't feel discriminated because of that past. What I have noticed, however, in Berlin, and I'm not sure if it's because of the color of my skin, is when I go to ask people questions in like the supermarket about where to find stuff, they give me a funny look. And then when I speak to them in German, they have a very surprised look on their face. And I don't know if it's because they're thinking I don't speak German just because of the color of my skin. Um. Yeah, I don't, I really don't think that the history uh, really affects me in any way because, as Dylan said, that Germany is very, yeah, so, oh yeah. <laughs> um, because Germany is so active in changing their image and is now, for me at least, it's a better place to live. I'd rather live here than America, let's say, um, when it comes to race but, discrimination, but I think the uh, I think the more discrimination was thrown towards Jewish people, uh, black people were sent to concentration camps and such, but not in any kind of mass as the Jewish population. So I don't think we uh, are that affected. So basically, um, following up by CC's historical question, like if history affects me in that sort of way. For me, it's not in necessarily in Berlin, but Germany as a whole. So you know how there's a difference between Eastern Germany and Western Germany? Because Eastern Germany ha tends to have more, I guess, cases of racism or right-winged members, if you could say, I guess, something. So on a personal experience, I'm just going to talk about this. Um, my, my older brother, he studied in... Um, Jena, which is a university city in Thüringen, in East Germany. And Thüringen is a Bundesland which is known for um, having a, a high percentage of right-wing members. And one night he was out partying, you know, and then at night he was by, he was approached, approached by two new Nazis and um, they were kind of like, you know, calling him out, stating derogatory terms and stuff, and then they beat him up, and he was hospitalized for that, and there was a case revolved around them. They found the two guys that committed this, and but they weren't jailed for it because of some problem caused by the police, and because there was not enough evidence because based on the police's side, so. Yes, I think there history can affect Germany, especially between you know the line of East and West 
So yeah, I just wanted to share that experience because it does happen and it can happen. It happened to a person in my family, so yeah. Yeah, um, uh, one or two of you mentioned in response to the humor question that you have to be sort of familiar with the person in order to make the humor not okay but tolerable. But wouldn't that raise some problems, for instance, in social gatherings when one person may be close to a person, a biracial person, and you're not, but they still make uh, jokes about it? How do you feel about that then? I would just say one should know their limit. Um, as you mentioned, that gathering, if, you have, if you're standing with somebody who makes a racist joke, but it's okay, it's okay for them because they're somebody else's colored uh, person of color's friend, I would just say restrain from that. Just be careful what you do. Um, I think people have enough conscience and like self-knowledge um, that they'll know when to do something and when to do not do something. And as we have talked about, I think, before, um, Getting rid of all these jokes and stereotypical comments would be best. So just, yeah. Anyone? Next question, please. Um, I was wondering how far cultural appropriation goes, like what your opinion is on, for example, dreadlocks or braids. And uh, I was kind of, yeah. When, yeah, when white people wear dreadlocks, for example. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't care. It might look good. Um, in a lot of the cases that I've seen it, it looks better on people of color. I don't want to be like, but you can do what you want to do. Um, I have no problem with that. Uh, as long as you don't start with your dreadlocks, start trying to speak Jamaican. Please don't do that. It sounds terrible. <laughs> um, well, I, I think, yeah, you should just do whatever you think would look best on you or whatever you like. But I think that you shouldn't, like, credit these trends or whatever to, like, Kim Kardashian or something. You should know, like, where these hairstyles, whatever, came from. Like, they didn't come from, like, three years ago from Kim Kardashian or whatever. Um, they came from like 60 years ago, 100 years ago, whatever. You should know like the history behind it, but other than that, you should just wear whatever you want. Um, many of you expressed feeling out of place as a biracial person in Berlin. So how do you deal with that feeling? And do you ever get a sense of culture shock when you visit somewhere where um, biracial people are less of a minority than in Berlin? Um, I mean, culture shock, yeah, to a certain extent. Um, when I was in Jamaica, for example, I was like, whoa, yo! <laughs> but, um, but it can, you notice when you're in Berlin that it's just being a person of color, being biracial especially, um, you stand out and it's not especially bad but it is a th it is a fact, and yeah. Uh, I can say that I definitely experience culture shock when I go to places where biracial or black people are less of a minority. 
I know when I've gone to the States and visited family that was in largely black areas, I went to Jamaica and I actually couldn't understand people. My mom had to translate for me because Jamaican Patois is a very fast language and I couldn't follow along. And so because of that, it's interesting in that I don't feel at home in areas or communities that are predominantly black or biracial. So you are kind of left out of having like feeling a home with any particular group of people. That group of people simply becomes who your friends are and who you know. There's no one defining feature. Um, so this is perhaps addressed mostly to panel member number four, but any of the other panel members could also um, answer if they like. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> sorry, you might not be aware, but in 11th grade, uh, especially everyone has to take U.S. history, be that AP U.S. history or just regular U.S. history. And um, due to that, we do in some way then learn more about black history. But do you think um, that an earlier implementation or earlier learning about black history could be beneficial since, I mean, to put it bluntly, maybe that's just too late? So yeah, definitely. Like I'm from Atlanta and I lived there for a while. So we started learning it like already first, second grade, just they started putting it into the curriculum. So even like when it comes up in third grade and stuff, like it came up a little bit, but I was the only person in the class that would know it. So I think it'd be a lot more help, beneficial if they'd start putting it in early. So people, cause that's, I feel like that should be part of common knowledge at some point. I definitely feel like it should be part of the curriculum earlier because while yes, it is mandatory for people to take US history in 11th grade, there is a lot of U.S. history, and so while the relations with the black and African-American population within the U.S. is certainly important, there's a lot of other information that's dealt with, and a lot of the major events aren't necessarily a part of it. And I am very much aware that my mom has asked me about events or important figures during the civil rights era, and I did not know the names of these individuals. So I feel that there definitely needs to be more black history taught in school, despite uh, US history in 11th grade. All right, guys. Well, thank you one and all for engaging these ideas with us. Uh, we hope you benefited or you feel you benefited from today's event uh, and that you might bring some of this dialogue back to your classrooms and to your dining tables. Um, if you'd be so kind, please offer a warm round of applause for our five distinguished panelists. So thank you all for joining. Uh, keep your eyes open for forthcoming ideas, events, and we hope you guys have a great Wednesday. Bye.